school certificate's coming up. <laughs> God, imagine that now, just like vlogging from the boat, being like, hey guys, <laughs> <laughs> this is what I eat in a day. <laughs> <laughs> I think everything's good in my personal life or in the pod. <laughs> yeah, let's check in. <laughs> let's check in with each other before we start, everyone. Okay. No, let's go for it. <laughs> no, let's blitz right past that. Let's do the pod. All right. Uh, hello. Welcome to another episode of Community Notice Board, a podcast about suburbs we grew up in, local landmarks, hometown heroes, and coming of age tales. Oh, we've got a real heater today. It's going to be a great episode. We've got a very funny comedian in the studio. Sarah Gall is here. How are you, Sarah? Hello. I'm well. Thank you for having me. Excited to be here. Oh, and we are going into the Hunter era today to talk about mm. Musselbrook. Yes. Mm. You said it right. Is that yeah. how you initially thought it was No, pronounced? no. I've spent the whole time asking my wife, being like, what do you know about Muswellbrook? And she's like, Musselbrook. And I was like, no, I don't think so. I'm reading it, it right sense. here. No, it doesn't make sense. Well, is that what you hear? Muswellbrook? Muswellbrook. Muswellbrook. Yeah. And the town I went to school like 20 minutes over is called scone but obviously yep. pronounced scone mm. um so it's just like a whole drama wait whole it drama. is pronounced scone it's pronounced scone okay because i've spelt, been saying scone in my head it's spelt scone yeah yep yep mm. speaking of had a great scone today when i voted <laughs> <laughs> tell you what i don't think scones get enough <laughs> they're heat. so good they're so good uh, did you have it with jam and cream oh uh, absolutely and yeah, that's the what, crit- was- that is the criticism is that i feel the jam and cream are doing a lot of heavy lifting <laughs> 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 do you know what i mean <laughs> it's like True. If you're like, you know, when you're, it's like, oh, let's make healthy popcorn. Don't add butter or uh, salt to it. And yeah. it's like, well, and I don't want to eat it anymore. You know? really <laughs> That's it's true. But it is, I think, like, it is the receptacle. Because, like, if you, <laughs> I mean, like, have you ever had, you know, like a bagel with cream cheese? Awesome. You ever had toast with cream cheese? Sucks. Really average. Okay. Okay. It's all uh, about it. It's all about like the receptacle. like an argument for the bagel more than the scone. But yeah, well, I... wait for my Patreon-only podcast, The Bagel Cast. And <laughs> we're gonna, it's going to be one episode long, about 10 minutes. <laughs> Uh, yeah. But I would, yeah, I hope everyone voted today. <laughs> uh, otherwise, you're going to get fined. I saw, I was at a coffee shop um, for f- just after I voted, and there was this woman there on the phone, like absolutely going off at someone, and then went off at all the people at the coffee shop, too. Very rude. And it doesn't help because right behind her are all her poster boards for her <gasps> advertising her as the liberal candidate of oh the my area. God. And it's just like being We can s- probably very quickly <laughs> narrow down who it is. <laughs> being so rude. And it's just like, man, I would have uh, changed my mind if I voted for her. But then I was like, oh, but can she's. Can you take the- back C's votes? Well, I mean. <laughs> i just go rummage through the bin yeah. over there and find mine. Yeah. As, the, as the liberal candidate, of course I did vote for her. No, but, like, but then I was like, ah, the liberal people probably love that as well. She's just yeah. going off at what some was she small going business. Off? Yeah. Was uh, she, I think she was just stressed about like, because she dip, was buying everyone coffees. But then I was like, man, it's still like she's talking to people in earshot of everyone going in to vote and be, <laughs> and people were like, wow, she's been quite rude. But that is very strange. Me and Han were lined up at, we went to Marrickville Public School and there was like this huge fucking line. It's snaking right around the building and, um, and I'm standing there and you can't even see the end of the line. So you don't know how long it is until you get around. So I'm sitting there steaming. And this um, chick in front of us 
just had no idea about line etiquette. And she was like, she's moving slow. She would let the line go for ages before she'd catch up. Mm -hmm. She no. stepped outside of like doing stretches to the no. side. And I'm like, what the <laughs> fuck? Is doing, doing stretches? Doing stretches. <laughs> I get a text from- get Stretching a vote in army. Yeah. You know I, mean? <laughs> <laughs> I get a, I get a She's got a stress ball. Yeah. Yeah. She's got to write all five. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, she's voting below the line. You know, that for yeah. Sure. Um, yeah, I get a text from Hannah who's standing right next to me. And she's like, this lady's driving me crazy. Like, mm. sort yourself out. And um, and then we started joking. Like um, Hannah's like, I wish someone would walk up to us and just be like, "Hey, you guys won the line skipping competition." Yeah. We're like, "Oh man, that would fucking rule. We can get out of this chick." And I didn't realize we were in the Summer Hill electorate, but we're actually right on the border. Of, we're in the Newtown electorate. <gasps> and just after she said that, this woman walks up and goes, "Is anyone from Newtown electorate?" And we're like, "Yeah." And she goes, "Come with me." Skipped us right <laughs> on. Hell <laughs> <on. laughs> so like, yeah! We actually business class. <laughs> yeah, yeah. we're taking you to the stretching area. <laughs> 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 but then Drew threw his elbow out, so it's so <laughs> interesting. <laughs> and didn't oh, yeah. have time. No, she's in hospital. <laughs> um, fellas, pre-polling. I'm telling you, it's mm, the yeah. way to do it. Well, like, so every year I do it. Yeah. I wanted to do it. And then I was like, I'm going to fuck, I'm a genius. You know, I'm going to, and I went to pre-poll yesterday as I left it too late and the line was around the fucking corner oh. <laughs> and everyone was there sitting there going, oh, I'm going to save so much time. I'm like, yeah. you're wasting time yeah. doing it now. Plus there's no sausage at the I was going to say, you miss out on all the food. Yeah. That's mm. the only thing. So I'm going to, I haven't voted. I'm going to vote like at like 5.30, like the last vote. I'm going to yeah, swing the election. I'm going to call up yeah, and say, what do you guys need? You. <laughs> Where's the money for me? It'll come down to you. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> anyway, Musselbrook. <laughs> <laughs> Let's get into it. Upper Hunter. It is yes. a bit of, um, uh, there, I mean, I don't know the details at all, but I think it was recently uh, uh, part of that John Barillaro, um scandal that came out, like where he was on the phone. Because I think it's an upper hundred electorate. It was a very mm. key electorate at some point, mm -hmm. and he's on the he's secretly recorded, um, just going, "Yeah, Musselboro gave him a hundred million for a hospital. What do you want? Whatever you want to get your votes, <laughs> oh, like really? just throwing money around." So uh, that sounds right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but it's like it's a smallish town. What are we? Like? It's like an hour and a half out of Newcastle. Or? Uh, there's a new expressway that was built, which changed everything. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, literally, it's just like, I think just it cut like 40, it used to be three hours from Musselbrook to Sydney. Um, and I think it's, I think it's probably close to two hours from Newcastle to, um, to Musselbrook. It's sort of about as far inland as like Newcastle is yep. um, north of Sydney sort of thing. Yeah. Yep. Right. Okay. Mm. Right. Yeah. But pretty small, right? Like it is. Yeah. 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 I, um, as, as I said, I haven't done any research, so I couldn't tell you how many people live there. I think I looked at it recently, maybe like 20,000. I don't know. That yeah. So that, I think that's about right. Yeah. Which sounds like a lot of people, but it's really not. There's one McDonald's. Um, yeah. That's how you judge a city. Yeah. It has a McCafe though. So ah, that's pretty good. That's a staple, I feel like. Yeah. Gotta have a McCafe. 800 right? car dealerships. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Lots of caravan shops. Yeah. yeah. And what's the, because um, I, I read the history, I don't know if it's like well, Ooh, like known. Well, I guess mm. the claim to fame is what I'm getting at, mm. is it's the home of the, well, the fa the area where the Blue Healer was bred. Oh my God. Have it's you got, have you got? Um, gear on the statue? Uh, not a little bit. I, a I little saw bit. the statue. I saw oh, the statue. Like, I'm so sorry. It's just, <laughs> I just remember like the day that was revealed. I don't know how old I was, but um, yeah. So it, the Blue Heel is, I think it's the name of all the teams as well. Like it's a really big deal. Oh, yeah. Um, Blue Heel obviously being the, um, the Aussie cattle dog. And um, uh, they commissioned an artist. It was so expensive all over the newspaper. Everyone was so excited. But it was like, 
in it is in the middle of town between like a shell servo and like a lawyer's office or something. So it's just really like just not <laughs> yeah, in, it's not even in a park. It's just on the side of the <laughs> yeah, road. And there was this big drama, big reveal, like ribbon cutting ceremony, and its face looks so deformed. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> like it looks like you know those like old paintings where they look like an approximation of what an animal is. It's yeah, that. Yeah, right. yeah, but yeah. then after then, traditionally every single weekend, if you drive past it on a Sunday, someone's put a wheelie bin over it. Yeah, <laughs> like the, the boys have got on it. And <laughs> I did see that, and then because like uh, a lot of these small towns, some like have, and Musselbrook definitely has is like a really great, um, commu- like literally community notice board, Facebook community notice board, mm. where there's like just it's a big enough small town. There's enough characters, but it's mm. not so big that everyone's pretty bored, so they just go on there and yeah. just post anything you see. You post on there, yeah, yeah. And some we- people would post that. I saw that. I thought it was like a one-time thing, but it was like, yeah, the wheeling bin on top of this fucking dog, and it's the dog, tradition. it's a big. It's not like a little dog, right? It's a couple of meters. It's a meter or two tall. In yeah, there. like the plinth, I think that's the thing on the bottom, is probably like eight foot up. So it's yep. like, it's very, very tall. Yeah, it's it not does, just like I think they technically up. say like, it's you know, because they've got, things, yeah, right? it's, it counts as one of Australia's mm. big things, like I the banana. Voted, no way. Yeah, it was it's voted so number like ugly. six or something. It was like all the big hitters, like big banana, big pineapple, the big merino, big prawn, golden, big prawn mm. golden guitar. And then it was like, I was surprised where it was because right. I was like, I guess I'd never really. It didn't look it, that yeah. big in the it's picture not, I saw. It's not big enough to be a big thing. Yeah, but I think it also, it has like cultural significance as mm. well, right? Because like it's the Blue Healer came from that area. Yeah. yeah. It was yeah. invented there, which is weird. Mm. I saw because I didn't know, I had no idea that the Blue Healer was like, um, whatever the bloke's name was, he's like a cattle rancher and he had an English, like a Northumberland roving dog and then he just bred it with a dingo. Yeah, mm. that's what he did. Because I guess, you know, they so much, you, you know, they're used to the terrain here and he just mm. breeds this fucking dog. I used to have a Blue Healer when I was a kid and I was like, damn, my little mini So it was, a, it was mm. a guy who had a range. It was like... Um, uh, it was in between. This is actually quite contentious because it was sort of near Musselbrook, but technically closer to Aberdeen. Aberdeen, yeah. Aberdeen's only like ten minutes away. Yeah, so it's very <laughs> close. But the bus kids, they always got the bus to school. But there's Ab- yeah. the Aberdeen people are like, and Aberdeen's but even up smaller, mm. and they're like, oh, typical big city stealing. <laughs> <out Yeah. flight." laughs> Well, we know he's putting the bin on the dog. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, and then so Aberdeen, and then there was a bloke from called Len Diva when they when they unveiled that because I think I think it was one of those things that everyone knew. And then there was like a guy at council. I don't have full details on this, but it was a guy in the council who was like, "Oh, that's a good way to market the town." Mm. Where the and then it was like Blue Heel statue. All the council like paper um, letterheads have like home of the mm. uh, Blue Heeler country, and there's like. Uh, yeah, the healers of the rugby league team, mm-hmm. the Blue Healer Film Festival, mm-hmm. um, the Noisy Healer Music Festival. They just go mm-hmm. all in. Yeah. Is the show Blue Healers set there? Is it, or is that no, just... No, I don't Unfortunately think. not. It should be, though. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's in... No, uh, yeah, that was just like a cop show, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, no, but... Oh, I, they'd, they'd get a bit of action. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but there's a, then, then, like, Aberdeen were just, like, furious in this bloke called Len Diva was just, like, typical, a bigger town, more money mentality... Um, and, and he's just whinging. And then like the, the, um, the guy from Musselbrook, the, the tourism guy was like, Musselbrook is blue healer country, the original blue healer country in Aberdeen, Aberdeen, 
can go jump in the lake. It's <laughs> <laughs> just so good. But technically, if you look on a map, the cattle station where this guy originally bred it is slightly close at Aberdeen, but I guess it's like whatever. It's it was probably like eight thousand hectares as well. Or something. Well, yeah. so he had so the, yeah he had his range, but started there, and then it went all the way up to like Queensland, mm. like New England, like it was like Fuck. thousands of kilometers. Mm. And yeah, he so he had like um, they just had they the colonial. Sheepdogs that they had at the time were just like English sheepdogs, you know, like your Dulux paint dogs. Yeah. Oh, they're so great. Have yeah. You ever seen, I've, I've seen like one in my life. They're just not around. No. My, my mates got one. <gasps> they're adorable. Oh, they're, they're just. They're great. They're so yeah. cute. Yeah, yeah. Um, but like they were just meant for, they're sheepdogs. They're meant for little sheeps running mm. down the paddock. Mm. And this guy was trying to push like thousands of heads of cattle, literally a thousand kilometers, mm. and through like all this horrible terrain. And so, yeah, he bred. Bred them with dingoes, and they put a bit of Dalmatian in there. Sprinkle a little bit of Dalma, <laughs> oh, nice. put a Salt Bay Dalmatian in there, um, for because the Dalmatians are um, not scared of horses, and there was a lot mm, of horses. Yeah, so yeah. so he's doing a little bit of that, and then yeah, and it's like one of the most popular dogs in um, in the country. But the um, the statue, yeah. The, so when it was revealed, so it was because uh, I did see that so they re bad. they refurbed it or something. I don't know if that's recently, but they like. I don't know if they had another crack at it, like literally. They got that woman who did redid the Jesus in Spain. (laughs) (laughs) She's out of work. (laughs) Very good price. You know, they could have just waited like a decade or two and just made it a bluey statue. That's true. Yeah, Yeah. absolutely. Well, they're probably claiming that the founding of bluey has nothing to do. But then all the reviews are very like a lot of the reviews are like it's fine. I don't understand why people review like things like that. I was going to say, who, what? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. (laughs) You know, like Google Maps. Like reviewing inanimate objects. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. I don't like it. Great. And there's just people who like, I'll just one star, a statue of a dog, so what? (laughs) 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 It's like, yeah, mate, what were you sold on? You know what I mean? (laughs) Also, you've been. You wrote the review. Like, I feel like it's like you go... Like Muscle Brook, you, you're going through for somewhere. You stop mm. at the Macca's, the McCafe. You go up, no, oh, look at the dog. And then mm. you go. No one's like, I assume there wasn't like a two-hour wait for Algis. Algis is from Aberdeen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. For sure. <laughs> and, uh, and then Peter, worst blue healer statue ever. <laughs> and it's not even in the top ten. <laughs> yeah. Not even in the top ten. <laughs> <laughs> and even worse, misappropriation of credit. Aberdeen is not Muscle Brook. So we know yeah. Peter, oh, okay. Peter's showing his hand there. Oh, and, yeah. then, and then Hugh writes three stars <laughs> Bit, bit, bit of a hazard if you get up onto it and ride it as it's not bolted down. It's like, okay, Hugh, three stars. I love that he's like on the three yeah, stars. Yeah, is like yeah, on the yeah, fence. Yeah. He's like, oh, I could have gone either it way. Would have been good if it was bolted down. Yeah, yeah. yeah. but that I, I do like that. Muscle, they're fully into it. That's the home of the blue healer. And so, mm. growing up, you was that drilled into you, or was it just like the statue kicked it off? And it, then I feel like the blue healer thing. I, it must have been a council decision because I feel like I mean, obviously, I was a kid when it all happened, but I feel like it all kind of came out of nowhere. Like I think the team was always called the Healers, but then I think at one point they just went all in on it. Yeah, and yeah, then that's yeah. when the statue came off, and that's when all this Aberdeen drama started. Yeah, uh, yeah, mm. and like in the, like I said in that Facebook community group, like there's so many Blue Healers. Everyone has a Blue Healer there. Mm. Like I feel like it. Obviously, it's a bit of a country dog anyway, mm. you know. But it's like there's a million posts, and everyone's like. Has anyone like people lose their dogs all the time? I guess because mm. it's like big paddocks mm-hmm. and the dog just goes roaming, and every single one is a blue healer. Yeah. It's like, has anyone lost this bluey? Bluey? Like, yeah. they fully are into it up yeah, there. Yeah, yeah, far yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I don't see the um, I don't see the English sheepdog in the way that they look. Mm. Like, I see no English sheepdog there at all. It's weird. I'm hey. very surprised that that's one of the yeah, that's dogs. that's part of it. Yeah, part of the mix. Part of the DNA. I love when they have the little like 
black outline. It looks like they're wearing a little <sighs> burglar's mask. So, so <laughs> they're really they're like they're kind of chunky as well. Yeah, yeah. Are they like they're pretty kind of stocky? Yeah. Got, got bred with a burglar at some point. Then Grimace wasn't available. <laughs> <laughs> if you ever want to do a deep dive, um, uh, look into what happened to Grimace and the Hamburglar, like in the history of the McDonald's advertising, like. Um, oh, wow. Thing it's amazing. They got beef. Yeah, there's so there's oh, and li- chicken. <laughs> <laughs> They've got Angus beef. Yeah, no, literally. Um, this is this is so unrelated to what we're talking about. But I was just reading the other day because, like, um, do you remember Grimace, the um purple yeah. thing? Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He went through like ten different iterations and kept getting cancelled because he was scaring the children. <laughs> <laughs> like a couple of bad Twitter yeah. things as well. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, yeah I think he was seen at the Capitol right. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, the New York Times really. Yeah, now he's now he's touring independently. Yeah. <laughs> Is that Joe Rogan's anti-watch? <laughs> Being like, put your cell phones in a pouch. <laughs> Test and material. He sold out the state theater. <laughs> really amazing stuff. Yeah, he says what we're all thinking. Yeah, um, but uh, no, the Maccas in. Um, I remember we got like Maccas maybe like once every three months, like as a special treat. So the Maccas and everyone, everyone once they turned 14 and nine months, got a job at the Maccas. Yeah. And that was the spot. That, that was, was the spot. The pathway to work, yep. is exactly. it? Exactly, yep. And it was mm. at like, and I guess because you're serving all people you know anyway, mm. a small town like that. Yep. Do you reckon that'd be easy? Was it, do you, do you did work So out? I actually, uh, I went the other route. I went for the Big W direction. Oh, oh yes. I worked at the Big really? W as well, yeah. Oh, my God. So my bro, I've got an older brother. He did Maccas. He did like, um, he, but they just like relegated him to fries. Um, and then he came over to Big W, um, which was like such <laughs> after a After being work. disrespected. Like yeah, after being disrespected <laughs> in the workplace. I have so much more to give. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I can do hash browns too. <laughs> um, but no, we all did. Um, yeah, Big W, um, which was like in this new fancy. At the time, I'm just like, this is a Westfield. This is crazy. It was just like literally a Big W and like a Priceline and a Woolworths. And it was yeah. new. And so we all then applied for jobs at Big W. And um, it's where we like all met our friends and all mm. like, you know, socialized and stuff. So wait, so what's the, if Fry's is the relegated, what's the Big W? Where do you put the dead shit at Big W? Um, I want to hear from both. Returns? Probably stock. Yeah. Like, um, like. I mean, like everyone sort of did everything. I mean, I wasn't particularly good at my job. I was just on checkout. Um, and there was some interesting characters that came through there. Like Christmas time was like chaos because <laughs> it was like the only place to buy stuff. Like the nearest place with actual shops is like Newcastle, which is like two hours away. So everyone does their Christmas shopping there. And there were some characters that came through, like Karen's before Karen's were a thing. Yeah. Kind of thing. Right. Um, but yeah, like we used to, in quiet times, like I had some friends there from other schools, would you believe? Would you wow. be, like I had friends from other schools and <laughs> I worked there as well. That's unprecedented. Yeah, which was a really big deal. And we would like write stuff on the receipt slips and like throw it to each other and like hang out after work and stuff. It was good. It was actually all things considered a great place to work. I'm yeah. trying to think, of, like in terms of yeah. dead shits at front of the house, you just put them on checkouts because they would always be the, they would always be the people that be like, can I do self serve? Can I do refund? Can, can I do courtesy? This desk was like or? years before yeah. self serve. I would love to be the self serve. If person. we if you if you had someone who was late. All the lazy guys who were hungover, they all wanted to do lay-by because lay-by has a back area that doesn't have, didn't have security cameras. Mm. So you could go back there, take a nap, like use people's stock and stuff. Like I know a few people that like unbox like PSPs and just played them and then put them back in. Or, That's like, amazing. <laughs> yeah, That's listen awesome. to iPods. Like a lot of people who worked the refund counter in my big W got fired for stealing stuff. Mm. 
uh, because it's very easy to do. A lot of people who worked at the back dock got in trouble because, like, the back dock just is like a big roller door. So if Mm. you take something from the store and you put it just outside the back dock, you Mm. can come by and collect it later. Mm. Mm -hmm. I know... I know some people, oh, right, mates yeah. of mine currently still, who have made out with like thousands of dollars worth of Are stuff. Are they in the BW. room? <laughs> no, no, no. I never had the guts to steal. Oh, no, that's not true. We uh, we had like, you know, when self-serve first came, like it, the change comes out of the bottom, like the mm. notes come out of the bottom mm-hmm. and a lot of people would forget it. And where the supervisor's clipboard was, which shows where everyone is going to be and what their shift is and mm. when their breaks are. We would take, like, so if someone left a 20, this was before, like, it even beeped and was like, don't forget your change. People would just walk out and there'd be a 20, put it under there. At the end of night, we'd take it and me as supervisor would pull it with the guy working the courtesy desk and then we'd go by. Yeah, I was a supervisor at checkout. (laughs) Wow. (laughs) And I just kind of cultivated my own little gang. So, like, my best friend worked on courtesy desk. My other best friend would be. Everyone's (laughs) paying tribute to you. Exactly. My what girlfriend worked in fitting rooms. Oh like, my God. Yeah. Fitting rooms was always a pretty chill thing. What about the person at the door who didn't have a specific job? Yeah, person at the door was always like a slightly off kilter old person. Yeah. <laughs> and they just sort of said hi to people, but then they have no authority to really check anyone's yeah. bags. Yeah. You've got to, yeah, check bags. But most people, like, I hated going on the door just mm. because, like, you had to be like, hey, can I check your bags? And people would be like, fuck off. And you'd be like, okay, see you later. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's and when I mean, you're walking out of EW or wherever and you've got. You, you've got a backpack or you got something and you know and they're looking at you and they're like, I'm trying to build up the courage. To, and yeah, you know you're not stealing anything so you're like, all right, have a look. Yeah, you know? Oh, no, I'm just like I accidentally slipped jewellery into my bag. I'm like, <laughs> I've actually stolen thousands of dollars. <laughs> People like got away with shit mm. too. And like they don't tell you – when I started working anyway, they don't tell you about the loss prevention officers who are people that like – intentionally dress like dead shits mm. and walk around the store in plain clothes and watch for people stealing. That's so like the job. first time I ever saw and like they're pretty severe and serious guys, but they look like people who would steal. Like they mm. dress like that on purpose. But like the first time, like I was working Name on Name badge gives them away though. <laughs> <laughs> I was fairly. <laughs> the robbers, little eye <laughs> Like I'm fairly green. And so I'm like, I, I saw this guy like walks through and he's got like, you know, he's hidden like shit in books. Like he's got a book that he's bought and he's put like a bunch of flat, like, it's got a handgun in, in it. Yeah. <laughs> but also, like, if you're stealing jewelry from Big W, like, have it. Exactly. But, like, this guy is just like, make sure you check that person's bag. And, like, you know, he's not wearing a Big W outfit. I've never met him. So I was like, yeah, okay, mate. And I didn't bother. And then the guy's like, man, you're in trouble. Like, that. you should have checked that guy's bag. And I was like, oh, fuck. I didn't know who you were. Like, I'll tell you what, though. The worst loss prevention I've ever seen was um, when I um, – when my parents moved to Newcastle, I worked summers there at a large fancy department store and people would bring in like electrical equipment to take the um, the the ink tags off clothes mm-hmm. and you would just go into the dressing room and find like all these ink tags. People like really... Damn, we figured out a machine. Like get one of those things. Uh, I literally think Amazon. You can... Wow, yeah. Okay. It's also like amazing the ways you can creatively steal. Like a lot mm. of people, because Big W would do... Uh, like very regularly like nappy sales. So you'd go and get like nappies, a mm. shit ton of them for like half off mm. and then like come back and return them two weeks later when they were full price and be like, oh, I forgot my receipt. And like mm. if you forgot your receipt, you would just be like, okay. And then if 
Sometimes you'd say no and then they'd mm. call the manager. The manager would inevitably be like, just give them a refund mm. or a gift voucher. So people would make like $150 just buying nappies and returning them and never using bad. them. Yeah, mm. it's not bad. So 21-year-old Jamie Kirk with a trailer full of nappies. It's just <laughs> like, oh, oh, I lost my resume. Well, also like a, a bunch of people from like, I think it was like China or Hong Kong would buy lanolin cream oh, yeah. because you could buy it at Big W for like three bucks, but then you could take it back to Hong Kong and sell it for like 20 bucks. So like you'd be sitting in checkouts Mm. and they'd have like a hundred of them. And you'd just be like, fuck me. Mm. And did you care at all about any of the theft or any of the... I stopped a big theft once. (laughs) Someone Someone tried to walk out with a flat screen TV, a sound system, a DVD player. That's just impressive. And just like waited at close. Someone from home entertainment was like, someone's coming down. They've got to pay for their stuff because we've already closed. And I was like, right on. They just went out the front. And I was like, do you have your receipt? And they were like, oh, my husband's got it. And I was like, well, you better go get it from your husband. And they're like, okay. And then they just like, they did like the Simpsons thing where they slowly started walking and they just ran. With all that gear. No, no, they left it because they, I like, I was holding onto the trolley being like, I'll hold it for you. Don't worry about did it. Did you get like employee of the month? It was $2,500 <laughs> worth of stuff. So I got a $50 gift card. Yeah, so, no, 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 that, that checks wow. out. That checks out. That's yeah. so good. funny. We're literally telling people how to steal. I love it. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh man, there are so it. many ways to do yeah. it. Yeah, absolutely. I, um, I just reminded me of this, uh, because I love the Musclebook community page. So mm. I just got a post from Leanne. Thumbs down from the audacity of some companies. I just got kicked out of the Coles Christmas party. Some woman said, you don't work here. Lady, I've been using the self-checkout all year. I deserve an invite. <laughs> <laughs> yes, Leanne. Yes, yes. The whole thing is so many great jokes like that. Yeah, yeah. Really. I saw a story um, about a bloke and it was in Scone, speaking mm. of heists. Mm. Uh, and always, evidently this must have been the talk of the town because like, mm. All the news uh, was just from like, um, you know, like Hunter Daily News and mm. like they were all just local newspapers that focused yep. on it. So I didn't get too much info, but I just loved it because the dudes um, broke into this like saddlery and mm. stole $10,000 worth of cowboy hats. <laughs> oh my God. So that's like three cowboy hats. <laughs> <laughs> just cut them on. Yeah. Yeah. That's what a way so to easily cool. get caught as well. Yeah. yeah. Man. Like the one bloke wearing a cowboy hat being like, it's new. Oh, have you been to Scone? It's no. like, it's the most cash money town. Mm, like really? all the biggest racing studs in Australia are around there. So you've got like, you can tell the fancy ones because they all have like uniform fences and really, really green. Like, and there's just, there's so many of them and all the right, like all the people from the Middle East and stuff have their racehorses there. Oh, yeah. Really? It's, so a cowboy hat would fit right in. Cowboy hat actually would fit in. Like obviously the Scone Horse Festival, like mm, as we yeah. all know, highlight of the social calendar. There's a parade <laughs> in town every year. Cool. It was always on the same day as our school, um, what are they called? School fate. Mm-hmm. So it was like mm. the biggest day. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Was right. that, would, so would you go into, is there anything happening in Scone? Is it just rich? Is there like a... So I went to school in Scone. So it's like 20 minutes away. Um, uh, My brother and I went to school there. Um, And uh, like there was like people sort of went to schools. Were you like the Musclebrook is like like scummy Musclebrook? No, it was like... um, uh, to be perfectly honest, it was like one of the only private schools in the area. Yeah, right. So, um, so quite a few people from Musselbrook went there, right. and it was like a really, really good school. Um, but there was a Musselbrook contingent, and we all got the same bus mm. like every day. So, like, we were kind of just like rat bags. Yeah, rolling um, in. That's a lie. I was a massive nerd, <laughs> <laughs> real like yeah. nerd, nerd. Yeah. yeah. But Scone. Um, I was about to like just ask you about high school parties and stuff, but I guess mm. you never got invited. To <laughs> no, you, to be fair, to be totally fair, I actually, I um, I was a loser in like year seven and eight then year nine I kind of got some cred and oh. then I, and then I went to a school in Sydney for year 10 um, 11 12 
Um, but there were some pretty decent parties. The thing about the parties in um, – and my brother, I know he won't mind me saying this, was like extremely cool. So he was like – so I got sort of residual social I, I'm going to mind if you say that. Give me something, Uncle. We have to beep that out. <laughs> So I got like residual social cred kind uh, of, and yeah. he was two years up. Yeah. Um, and so I sort of made my way to some parties in like year nine, but they were always pretty, he went to like all sorts of like different social events to me, but I just remember they were always on farms mm. and farm parties are just, I don't know if you guys have ever been to oh, one, yeah, they're but they're, the parents leave and then you have 15 year olds like who are buying like VB and like Jack Daniels because like you don't know yeah. what mm. you're supposed to drink and they were always just absolutely feral and everyone stayed over. Is there um, a fire normally, some sort of yep, bonfire? Normally or a fire, yep. There was always bonfires, always like people skinny dipping, people like streaking. That was like, remember when that was the funniest yeah, thing you yeah. could possibly oh, do? Oh, like, it just still streak. is in my mind. <laughs> 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 Get two VBs in a drill. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah I saw Drew yesterday. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, and it was always people's like 14th, 15th, 16th. Um, That's wild for like a 15th or a 14th. Like mm. they have like a massive big parents are away or mm. at the very least. Sometimes the, the parents away. were there as well. Some, yeah. they're, they're pretty chill, mm. you know, um, but the farm parties were always the best. Um, know, you can't beat a big, like a good farm party. Yeah. Just being in a field. It's also yeah. like, like for parents, impossible to monitor yeah. because it's so big. You just mm. have to, at one point you just have to be like, oh, fuck it. There's not much you can break either. I'm assuming yeah. you the paddock, Exactly. Right? You basically have to be like, there's a lake down there. Don't go down there. Yeah. I don't want to fill out the paperwork if don't, you drown. Like, yeah. Don't fucking get on your dirt bike when you're 20 beers deep. And yeah, exactly right. Leave the horses alone. Like they're not interested in you. Like the dogs are fine. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. wow. Mm. I, I did see that like because – because uh, scones, the, it's horse racing and horse capital of Australia. Horse capital of Australia. Mm. So Muscle Book's like it's coal town, right? Yep. It's pretty, and it, like that dominates. I guess yeah. the vibes there. Yeah. So driving through, uh, driving into it, um, you it looks like Mars on either side, like just open cut oh. coal mines. Like it's really, really like ugly. Yeah. Um, and I think there was some chat that they were um going to like plant you know, um, greenery sort of over a bit. I just, I went there a couple of months ago. A couple of daisies. Like fake turf. A single succulent. <laughs> <laughs> like, <"Great." laughs> We're done. Um, but yeah, like big mining towns. So a lot of, um, dare I say, like cashed up bogan sort of areas. Well. Flat screens. Yeah. <laughs> it is the mm. uh, origin of, story for the the biggest cashed up bogan of all time mm. mr nathan tinkler did you know tinkler Who, remind me yeah why is that name sound familiar? yeah, yeah. tinkler is the tinkler is the uh the, so he was a uh a electrician and went to Musselbrook TAFE and he started Musselbrook TAFE <laughs> and he got in the coal mines and he became Australia's youngest ever billionaire oh, and he bought, he bought the, the night he bought the nights yeah, yeah. Ah. so he, he's a uh, like just an absolute like rags to riches to rags story, um, but he's called the Bogan Air. Like he was the so basically he was like twenty six, working as an electrical fitter in um, in the coal <coughs> mine uh, and power plants that are mm. around uh, Musselbrook. Man, those jobs just pay the most insane mm. amount of money. Yeah, just so he was earning crazy. pretty good money. Yeah. twenty six, and then he started his own little. Ma um, maintenance business where he would like hire people to do his role and sort of like a labor hire place, which again would have been like stupid money. 
Um, but he's just like, this guy is like, he's got this part genius part, like just absolute idiocy because he, like even then he started this business and he started making good money, but he just, he has this thing in his head where he doesn't pay anyone, like doesn't pay his bills. And so like the council, he didn't pay like taxes. He didn't pay like council rates. Like he hates paying bills. Yeah. And so he like was in trouble at one point, like even at this point he had like lost, he nearly lost his home over missed mortgage payments and he owed the council 1400 bucks and they were like, they had an order obtained to, to seize his TV and his clothes dryer and he was still on hundreds of thousands of dollars. Like he's just <laughs> this weird, something wrong with his head where he doesn't like paying. But anyway, in 2006, he like, he... I mean, I'd be rich if I worked at Big W and I just refused to pay. <laughs> yeah. 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 I was going like, be like, I'm how, yeah. Australia's <laughs> youngest ever million. Yeah. As you do it, I I'll steal everything. I will take my $14.27 <laughs> <cents> an hour <laughs> and stop <Not> <laughs> any single thing. Seven, 17 when you're a supervisor. What? Oh, my God. Okay. Yeah. Big, big, money bags. Big Jesus. money bags. <laughs> but he... Um, I was wearing my monocle. <laughs> <laughs> but then he... So he basically sold everything he owned, his house... He um he's uh, his, his company is just screen. Yeah, he's flat yeah, screen. He's, he's above ground spa. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> you really now. It's like you were the repossessor. <laughs> so, but he sold it all uh, in 2006, and he he scraped together a million dollars <laughs> or a million dollars, and he bought he got some right. loans as well from like personal backers. But he basically pulled together a million bucks, so he was pretty rich, right? Like yeah. net worth a million bucks is pretty good. Um, but then um, he used it as a deposit to buy this coal mine in central Queensland, Middlemount Coal Mine. So he had a million-dollar deposit and the rest was a loan to buy this coal mine, which was probably like $10 bucks. It was like this nothing coal mine. But a year later, because he'd like heard some like inside a bit of a, have you heard of this Middlemount? It's actually got a bit of coal there. No one knows. He sold it a year later for $275 bucks. <laughs> Wait. Well, I was really hoping this ended badly. Yeah. Oh, that's only just begun. For example, oh. right? This is the start. So 200, so he, he scraped together a million so bucks. So he's had a rise, fall and rise already. Yeah. Well, yeah, this is still the rise part. That was the, the clothes dryer stuff. Also, we haven't addressed that his name's Tinkler. I just find that really yeah. good. <laughs> so 275 million bucks he gets for selling his stake. So he turns a million bucks into 275 million bucks. Fucking a hell. year later. Like a suit gamble. Two, so park. that was yeah. to that. So he get and that's all in shares. So he gets it in shares of this MacArthur coal. A year later, those shares have risen to $422 million. So he, he sells for 275, sits on it. It doubles in money in a year because it's 2008 just before the financial crash, like the the coal and iron ore mm. boom, the first yeah. one is just absolutely heating up like nothing else. So he's got 422 million bucks in cash. He then sells all his shares and he purchases another mine, this time for $480 million. He th he rolls the dice and throws it all in again. Right, so he's Where's done the it. new mine? So the new mine is, uh, it's in New South Wales somewhere, Malls Creek. This is not... Um, yeah, somewhere from Rio Tinto. He buys it from Rio Tinto for nearly I'd half a billion. I'd just be putting like a vibrating chair in my above ground spa. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. That like so he's yeah. so he's literally had this is the second all in, like everything he's got. But then so that was in two thousand and eight. All okay. The 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 iron coal price has gone up and it's dropped right back down because of the recession. Mm -hmm. But now it's starting <laughs> to tick back up again. And so he's so he goes for half a billion. And then he, uh, a, two years later, it's a valuation of 1.2 billion. 
Fuck. So this he's guy. doubled his money again. So in two thousand, so in two deals, he's gone from a million bucks <clears throat> to a billion dollars. Jesus. <clears throat> and this is all in this is all paper money, right? Like it's just mm-hmm. shares in this company. Um, and so then, oh, and that like right, and then this is that, and then right now he's like, I'm a billionaire. It's like. Not above ground spa. I'm putting the spa in the ground. Do you know <laughs> yeah. what I mean? Does like, someone yeah. have a phone? Can I get a visual of this guy? Oh, he looks exactly. Yeah. Oh, don't you have it there? Is it not on the Oh, back? yeah, yeah. Sorry. This is him. Yeah, yeah. This is Tink. Oh, my God. Yeah, absolutely. Fucking yes. So yeah. he's- We're burying that spa by two meters. Yeah. <laughs> he's the weirdest looking guy, but he's- um, So this is sort of 2010, and it's all paper money, like I said, and then so he's like- he might, He's like in his 30s? like Oh, yeah. He's like under 40. He's, yeah. he's the richest- Australian under 40. You think he's like 36 or something like oh, that? Um, I'm 36. <laughs> <laughs> he's like, i got to start gambling my money more. <laughs> my spa's still above ground. <laughs> so I, far above ground. I have an air fryer, so. Oh, oh, yeah, me too. So <laughs> what? The we'll talk. This <laughs> um, yeah, he would have had a fucking air fryer, old Tinkler boy, if they were around back mm. then. So then he's Probably like. one of the big ones with two trays. An industrial. <laughs> an industrial. An oven is what a big air fryer is. <laughs> but then he. He, so he's that billionaire, but again, it's all on paper. So it's like, oh, like my shares are worth a billion mm. and a bit dollars. Oh my god! Well, there you go. I'm just going to get loans out. against my shares. Just stop. Yeah. 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 So Cash he keeps all these out. shares, and he starts just getting loans against all these portfolio. Which this is, is a pokey's addict. Yeah. yeah. But he doesn't. This time he's like, he's run out of coal ideas, I guess. So he starts investing in like literal bogan billionaire stuff. He he buys. Um, um, Patanak Farms, or he establishes, which is like he wants to be a racehorse empire guy, like in Classic like scone, like buying, buying yeah. all these um horses from mm. like and breeding them to try to make um world class horses. He spends like an estimated one hundred fifty million dollars in one year on this fucking horse farm, um, and he just goes crazy. He's buying a lot pri- of spas. He's buying mm. private jets. He's buying houses. He's fucking flying all over the world. It's just like it's it's less like boring coal mine investment and more like crazy investment, mm. right? Yeah. He buys the Newcastle Jets for five million bucks, twenty ten, which is like just dirt money thing. The soccer right? team, soccer team. Yeah. yeah. So the, they were in trouble. They they were, the, they didn't have an owner. It was sort of going through the shit, and he's just comes oh fuck five million bucks like rounding. Mm. You know what I mean? Like mm. whatever. That's nothing. So he buys it, and then he just throws money at it, and they start getting in decent players and starts. And basically, um, the Knights were just owned by, and he was a huge Knights fan. He wasn't a Jets fan. He mm. wasn't a soccer fan. Yep. You know what I mean? Mm. Like, mm. and so the Knights a year later they weren't in financial trouble, but they were just like owned by um, the community, right? And a couple of local businessmen would fund it. You know, mm. it's just a pretty like tin pot situation, mm. right? Yep. But they he comes in and says, "I want to buy the Knights," and all the whole town. I remember this at the time. And it was like the whole town were like, yes, fucking, you know, this billionaire, let's fucking go. And all these, um, but what had been happening, Tinkler and all his money that he's, he's still not paying people. So he has all these, he's a billionaire and he's got all these small, he's all these billion, uh, uh, small businessmen, like electricians, like he was an electrician, all these people and he just wouldn't pay their bills. And then all these local businessmen in Newcastle knew about all this and they're like, don't sell to fucking Tinkler. And it was it's literally like Lyle Landley coming into town and everyone's like, let's go with the crazy <laughs> yeah. billionaire. And so he he bought over the club for ni- 90%. So all the members had to vote to sell to Tinkler or to, for Tinkler to buy it. 97% of Knights members voted for Tinkler. And this was 2011. Fuck, landslide. Yeah, landslide victory. And then 
literally 2011, the bottom drops out of the, the coal price, like completely. I think it goes like from like 200. It's uh, so about 20 starts bottoming out 2010. So it goes from a high sort of 150 bucks. It eventually gets down to like 50 bucks and all, and, but he spent all this money and all this money's gone to shit. And so he starts not paying people, not because of spite, because he just can't fucking <laughs> pay people. He starts like not paying like the Knights players. He starts and he's texting abuse to them apparently when they don't what? start winning because they signed Darius Boyd and Darius Boyd said like he would he would just get texts from Tinker like you're soft you got no heart <laughs> you get a shit and so he's coming out he's like I'm not getting paid by this guy and so everyone starts to turn on him and uh, basically like he like starts selling up he starts selling the horse farm that that he starts like selling all his stuff. Um, and struggling to pay for everything. So I'm just trying to find this. Oh, and then he gets embroiled. I didn't get a lot of detail of this, but there was this huge thing at the time. Um, he's, he, um, do you guys remember the uh, Labor pre Premier, Jodie McKay? Mm -hmm. she, um, she, she wasn't the Premier. She was like the opposition leader. Mm. She, he basically was trying to get a, a coal port put in in Newcastle. She was against it. And then he, it was a property developer and he wasn't allowed to um, donate. But he went around her and just started like like paying for people to like smear her. She didn't take his bribe, and then all of that, and then all yeah, this poor electrician being yeah. like, pay your fucking bill, yeah, man. yeah, yeah. So he starts like he's like just white anding Jodie McKay um, because she won't vote for his thing, and then this whole time, and he's just like so he's like bribing people going around, and then one day he he texts. There's a text come out that he texts his like second in command. He goes, "Hey, mate." What's ICAC? <laughs> and the guy, because they just came to my offices. And then he wrote, but Are you fucking kidding me? And so then ICAC come and just tear it all down and all his stuff and everyone connected to him is this whole political scandal. So he's just like, that was the height of it. And then all his money goes and then it literally just ends up with nothing. He's lost all his money. He has to sell the Knights, the Jets, the, the farm. He's all, all his political connections and he's trying to come back. And, but he left like $500 million in creditors. Like everyone didn't get paid. Like all these Knights plays, no one got paid for all this Jesus. stuff. Jesus. So he's floating you know, around. What's he up to now? Yeah, I was going to say, where Doesn't is Doesn't that point you go to jail? Mm. Or yeah. Something? Like, I, I don't know how he avoided jail, but basically what, what he's doing now is he's still bankrupt. He's got no money. He keeps trying to like get back in. And there's a, the you know, the um, where the Blue Heel, the Dartmouth um, or oh, Dart something. Dartmouth coal mine. Yeah. So that's that mm. coal mine which got shut down, he's trying to come back in and buy that now. And no one wants to because everyone's like, you don't pay anyone to. <laughs> yeah. No one believes that you'll come back for good. So um, so he's sort of like floating around. He doesn't have any money legally, but his dad has a bunch of money, which is like, how did your dad get money? He obviously right. like funneled it off to his dad and his, his wife and stuff. So he, he's, he's floating around, but he doesn't really have any like influence anymore. But what yeah. The, what a story. Yeah. yeah. He went from nothing to a billion to nothing in like eight years. I'd Dartmouth was one of. The, I'm pretty sure that was one of the um like houses in in my primary school. You know how you had houses. Oh yeah, <laughs> <laughs> like Corolla, cool. Dartmouth, something else, and something else. I can't remember. Anyway, just a bit of local knowledge. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Yeah, it's like ours was like you know gecko and marsupial, and you guys are like coal mines in the area. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you guys are animals. I think they were all, parks. Ours were all areas. Oh well, I think ours were parks, but a lot of the parks were named after the coal mines. I think because ah, they like donated yeah. them or whatever. Right. Yeah, right. Yeah, because that's where all the money came from. Oh, our, so ours were flowers like Waratah and. What was the good Banksia. house? Uh, Gryffindor was good. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I'm yeah. Hufflepuff. <laughs> <laughs> Hufflepuff. Yeah. Yeah. No, I can't mm. remember what the ones were. 
Did yeah, you have houses? We too? did, but I can't for the life of me think of what they were called. I think I was in the one that we had blue colours. It was like a blue house, yellow house. I was, yeah. I was yellow. Red I was house. blue. Rogan. Joe Rogan. I <laughs> 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 was committed to telling the truth that I told my misinformation is right. He sponsored yeah. that, just the one house. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Fresh off red, the white, and blue <laughs> house. Yeah. Oh, man. Oh, my God. Um, yeah. I've got a bit of a historical tale. Oh, here we go. Um, it's, it's sort of, it's not Musclebrook itself, but it's in the broader in the hunter sort, yeah. of, sort of area. Uh, it's a woman um, by the name of Maud Butler. Okay. Um, oh, yeah, Maud. Maud, yeah. <laughs> you know, the, but- the famous yeah. Butler family. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, so this is... Uh, no, let's bring back Maud, by the way, as mm. a name. Yeah, totally. That's, that's a great name. No, I've never heard of that in, in, except in historical context. Yeah. Maud Apatow in Euphoria. Yeah. Oh, right. Daughter back, of baby. Judd Apatow. Yep. Mm. Yeah. Okay. Well, it's coming back. It's coming back. Mm. Judd did it. Did it. Um, it starts December 1915, mm-hmm. a few days before Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> Spicy. <Ooh>. I'm in. <laughs> uh, World War One is in full swing, mm-hmm. uh, and uh, Maud Butler. She's a coal miner, uh, coal miner's daughter from Curry Curry. And she decides she wants to help out. Yeah, good in part of the world, Curry Curry. Part, mm. All right, love it. Um, how far is it from Musselbrook? It's just outside of Newcastle. Uh, okay. So it's, it's, it'll be similar. I think it's like about a 30-minute drive from Newcastle. Okay. Mm. So uh, the Hunter's fucking huge. There. It oh, is. Massive. It's, yeah, just yeah. there's lots going um, on. Uh, so she, um, she wanted to go help out as a nurse on the front lines. So this is a quote from her. She says, I wanted to join the Red Cross and I tried very hard to get accepted. I knew it would be no use to stay in Curry Curry uh, because I would never learn to be a nurse there. So I decided to do something for myself. I took a situation in Piermont as a waitress. And while there, I put in my time off trying to get in as a nurse. I applied both at the Red Cross Depot and at the Victoria Barracks, but I was refused on account of my want of experience. The only chance left was to buy a suit of khaki. So I read a lot about it, of course, and then I thought if I got to Egypt, the Red Cross people there would be only too glad to get me and to let me do my bit. I read how much overworked they all were. Uh, There was nothing for it but to stow away and try to bluff through. So when I failed to join the Red Cross, I bought a khaki suit and I stowed away. Oh, my God. What? So she... (laughs) So she's she, like dying at the front line to patch up some she, guy, and they're like, "Ah, uh, your resume doesn't check." Out. <laughs> yeah, like pretty much. You know, mind and you, she's not very old. Like this, she's still quite young at this. And point. she's on her way to Egypt at this point. Um, she that that's her plan. Okay. So she at this point she has a bunch of khaki, khaki. literally mm. like the material. The, the, mm. Yes, exactly. So she says, as time went on, I got more and more unwilling to wait. So I went down to uh, see a transport that was lying in Woolamaloo Bay. Uh, oh, yes, I was in girls' clothes then. I saw an officer on board and said I had friends who were going away by ship. We had a chat and then we walked from Woolloomooloo to George Street, Sydney, chatting all the way. I made up my mind to see him again, but as a soldier next time. The next morning I went to a barber. He asked me what on earth I wanted to get my hair cut for and I said that I had the fever. Uh, this unexpected answer made them both laugh. The barber, looking at her rosy cheeks, said simply, you don't look it and then cut her hair short. Great bits there from yeah. both parties. Uh, uh, great yeah. bands. I got yeah. the fever. Yeah. I got the fever for the flavor. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, so, th- so this is her in a uh, full uniform with her hair cut. She looks kind of like Arya Stark, I think. Right. So she's trying to be bloke to get. Okay. So it's like that Futurama episode. Yes. Yeah. So she's trying to enlist as a man. She's trying to. Um, yes, exactly right. Uh, so the next evening, she puts her uniform haircut. on. Mm. She, um, yeah, was a hell of a barber. Um, <laughs> and she makes her way down to the docks. Uh, she spots a sentry at, at, at the gangway, and she thinks she's absolutely been sprung. 
Um, but the ship was close enough to the wharf that she saw a rope hanging down. And so she scaled up the side like a fucking ninja and, uh, and snuck in. The ship leaves Sydney uh, the following day and she crept out of her hiding place and started mingling with the soldiers, just like joining in their conversation, watching them play cards, you know, just yucking it up <laughs> with them. Uh, and everything went well. No one suspected anything was amiss. All the soldiers were just like, "How hey, we love this fucking kid. Yeah. Um, Doesn't use urinal, but other than that. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> also, they're thinking Maud is just another... Just a bloke, yeah. Wow. Well, they're, they're yeah. not, so they're not like just... Because gone. also, mind you, this is World War One, and there were like 15-year-olds who were like, yeah, I'm 18, and nobody checked mm. anything. They just sent them away. So like, mm. there are kids going mm. off the Which war. Which is like... It's insane. It's insane mm. to yeah. be like... I don't even have to go, but I'm going to yeah. lie If it was World War Three now, I'd be like, I'm 15. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> I can't go. School certificate's coming up. <laughs> God, imagine that now, just like vlogging from the boat, being like, hey, guys. <laughs> this is what I eat in a day. <laughs> um, uh, so, but there was just one problem with this, right? So she's having a great time. The soldiers love her. Nobody suspects a thing, but there was one problem. Uh, there was no place for her at the mess so obviously they'd set a mess hall up for the amount of soldiers um so she had nothing to eat except a few chocolate bars that she brought with her so she decided she's going to raid the kitchen the next night um but she never got the chance she was sprung the next morning when a suspicious officer asked to see her identification disc uh so this is another quote from her it was these wretched black boots maud said uh that was the trouble all through i bought the tunic and the breeches from a soldier and the putties in george street and the cap in bathurst street but i couldn't get regulation tan boots that i could wear I tried everywhere, but it was of no use. So I had to chance it. I could kick these boots around the room for vexation. So it was Love a 15-year-old girl who just cut her hair and she got sprung because of boots. boots. Like they they couldn't figure boots. it out apart from the fact that they, <laughs> she didn't have tan boots. It's like, those are Doc Martens. <laughs> <laughs> um, when she was discovered, so just the, the boots and the guy's like, who is this fucking bloke with these black boots? Um, the officers and the crew had no idea she was a girl. Um, she told reporters later that the captain was prepared to let her continue to the front with them, but when he told her she would have to see the ship's doctor and pass a medical examination, she confessed. Like, all right, I'm sprung. The here. doctor might have clocked. Yeah, 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 yeah the yeah. doctor. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I feel like he's really. Failing. If he didn't, I'd feel pretty bad about going to the front lines yeah. with him as a medic. Unless yeah, yeah. the doctor's a 15 year old who's just like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm a doctor. Do you So. He basically said, all right, I've got no choice. Next time we pass the ship, I'm sending you back um, to Australia. Uh, she says, the captain was a jolly fellow. He asked me why I didn't get tan boots, and that made me cry more. He was nice <laughs> and kind. Same queen, same. <laughs> he was she very was a 15-year-old girl. <laughs> after all. Wait, is she 15 or is she like? She's like, I think about 15, yeah. Oh, she's, I was picturing her young. like to be like mid-20s. Uh, not, maybe, so she's in year maybe nine. Maybe a bit older. She might be like oh, she's 18 be or something. something. Yeah. She's so she's like in year nine at this point. Possibly, yeah. I she hasn't get an done age. a school certificate. No, <laughs> I don't know if there were school certificates around. Um, he, she goes, he was very nice and kind. They all were. He pretended to scold but said he would have taken me on if the secret could have been kept. Um, but it was all over the ship in a minute and there must have been 500 snapshots taken of me. They were all very fatherly and kind, but when the captain sighted a ship and told me I was to be transshipped to Melbourne, I broke down and cried. I couldn't help it. Uh, six months struggle, all brought to nothing. I was bitterly disappointed. I was not going to lend a hand. Uh, it was too much for me. They put out a little boat. I went down, sighed after the sailors. Just as I stepped off, I said to an officer at the side of the ladder, don't you remember the girl you walked down George Street with? He nearly fell off the step to think he had not recognised me. So the bloke who walked it from How Woolloomooloo. How fucking thick is this? <laughs> this is so dumb. None of Everyone's go. so dumb. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> it's like when you you know when you're doing like Shakespeare or something in um in high school, and it's one of those ones where a, a woman dresses up as a mm. soldier, and you're like, yeah. this would never fucking happen. Yeah. Yeah. Clearly, yeah. It, yeah. it does. Um, <laughs> I don't know. This. Um, they put her on a boat to Melbourne, um, but before they did, all the the soldiers they passed the hat around, and everyone they raised thirty pounds for her, so she would have some cash when she got back to Melbourne, yeah. which I thought was very nice. Mm. Um, and also, uh, New Year's Day, nineteen sixteen. So not, about two weeks later, um, some bottles, glass bottles, washed ashore in Victoria, and they all had letters written by the soldiers. Because they were like, oh, yeah, we'll write these letters. We'll see where they turn up. They all wash ashore in Victoria. And about half of them are just like talking about this fucking awesome chick who snuck a ball. That's just all they could talk about. Like, yeah, it's oh like, what God. a little ragamuffin. This is like a rom-com waiting mm. to happen. To- yes, totally. Well, I don't know. She's 15, dude. <laughs> 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 yeah, you age them up. <laughs> I mean, we've all seen Euphoria. It's all fine. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, once she's in Melbourne, she tells reporters, I've not given up on my intention. I am going to Sydney tonight and I'll find some way of learning the Red Cross service. Uh, it is a pity if they cannot find a way for me to be of some service to the poor wounded men. I learned first aid and I reckoned I was very good at it. I shall be at the front yet. You'll see. Um, so then she returns to uh, Sydney. and in- This is a very cute story for someone who would get killed in two seconds. <laughs> <laughs> like, in the like, horrible like, trenches turns of up, war. Turns up in Gallipoli Beach. <laughs> <laughs> Just gets blown so away instantly. I am finally... <laughs> <laughs> Uh, oh. with, within months of returning to Sydney, she uh, Maud made her second stowaway attempt. Oh, nice. Oh, my so, God. Yeah, she's shit. got some spirit. Mm-hmm. Uh, on the 7th of March, 1916, she bluffed her way on board HMAT Star of England, pretending to be a drunken soldier returning from Leeds. <laughs> <laughs> That's clever. <laughs> so the quote from her granddaughter, she learnt from her mistakes and she made sure she had the correct uh, boots the second time. She watched the ship and she noticed that some of the soldiers were drunk, so she attached herself to a group walking up the pier and pretended to be drunk as well. Uh, she'd even created her own identity disc and stamped a false name on it. Number four five, uh, sorry, four eight five zero, Private Harry Denton, Fifteenth Battalion, Third Infantry Brigade, Australia. Uh, but for some reason, she'd acquired a pistol too. <laughs> I think she overdid it. <laughs> <laughs> so she's walking in fully armed uh, with a fake ID. Um, she decides that she's uh, bailing on the idea of going there, um, and she's going to raise money instead. So yeah, she she basically didn't. She she didn't get it on the second time. They were just mm-hmm. like clearly just pulled her out of a crowd like a fucking Looney Tunes cartoon. Mm. Mm. Um, and so she says, look, I can't fucking get there. So I'm going to raise money for charity. Um, but it wasn't long before she was in trouble with the authorities. Uh, this is in April. So a month later, 1916, she gets arrested by military police in Sydney for collecting money while wearing an AIF uniform. Uh, at first, they did not realise she was a girl. <laughs> so she must Every be like, time. Yeah, she's rocking. But she's, Every time. There were a bunch of photos of her and she said she looked like a nah, normal woman. Like she wasn't a fucking blokey. Pl- I'd be a bit insulted if I was there. I'm like, oh, I'm not that much like, I'm, like, I'm not that ugly. It's um, like when celebrities put on a cap and it's like, I have no idea who you yeah, are. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, they, so- they thought she was a soldier contravening a recent military order that men in uniform could not collect money for the war effort. Uh, during her trial, the Assistant Secretary of the Returned Soldiers Association, Lieutenant Thomas Bathurst, spoke on her behalf. Um, Maud had been asked to collect funds for the association and had already collected £200 in Sydney and Newcastle while wearing the uniform. He advised the court that if the association knew of her attempts to go overseas but was satisfied about her good character, um, she had worn the uniform in Newcastle with no complaints and there were thought to be around 200 women and girls collecting money for the war effort in uniform as a novelty. Uh, in an age of long skirts, the magistrate was shocked to hear about women and girls going about in trousers. 
which I know is so funny. Uh, he made, basically, this was her punishment. He made her promise to never appear in uniform again, which is... It's just, not bad. Yeah. 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 slap on the wrist. Don't, don't yeah. you do it again. Mm. Uh, and then Maud eventually, uh, happy ending. She, went, she lived a long life. She went on to become a registered nurse and a midwife, and she ran a home birthing uh, facility mothers and babies in Campsie in Sydney all the oh, way yeah. in the 1940s. So literally where I live. So we had the totally, same yeah. like oh, geographic. You got the connection. Literally, yeah. yeah. So amazing. yeah, that's Maud Butler. Wow. wow. That's a great Double story. Double story. That is incredible. I love just the moxie of being like. Oh, I mean, <laughs> one attempt. You know yeah. what I, mean? I get asked to leave a bar once. <laughs> I'm not sneaking back in. <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah. Especially like, not like with some drunken soldiers. Yeah. Like, yeah. And a pistol. This time I'll come back with my gun. <laughs> <laughs> but I just love that she acquired it. Like she would have just done some shady. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Good on her. Yeah. yeah I love Maud. Um, mm. Sarah, did you have any more stories about Musclebrook you wanted to tell us? Is oh there anything God. of note or interesting that happened? Oh, there's so much stuff. Um, I was thinking <laughs> on, the way, on the way over here um, uh, about um, a murder that happened. Jesus Christ. Um, okay. When we were... Um, and then, and then there was an, another one that I thought of where someone kept setting fire to our school. Um, <laughs> okay, <laughs> a, a primary school age child. No, so basically the murder. And again, the um, if anyone listening is from Musselbrook, please correct me if I'm wrong. But you know, when you like experience something as a kid, and mm. I'm not entirely sure if it's accurate. Yeah. But this is how I remember it. So there was a family in town, um, and there was like a daughter and the boyfriend. And then a mum and a boyfriend, all right? So they were that was sort of the configuration. The mum paid the daughter's boyfriend to murder the mum's boyfriend. Yeah. Right? Whoa. Mm, okay. Wow. And so the murder uh, took place. Um, but <laughs> my favourite feature is that the, um, the, the gun was disposed of like in plain view on like a park where people walk their dogs and someone was just like, there's a... Um, <laughs> There's a gun and it had <laughs> fingerprints on it and I think it took them five minutes. <laughs> no, <laughs> not, not even in a bin. <laughs> <laughs> just riding down a slide. <laughs> just taking just my remember, gun for a while. Everyone, everyone was talking about it. <laughs> everyone was talking about it. And then like obviously kids at schools, they want to do like added all these extra features. But I'm yeah. pretty sure that is like the base facts of the story. So that's yeah. the level of like true crime. that. Yeah. That's when you, you know when you get like – that's what – you know, like a, it's like a DIY assassin. You know, yeah. instead of like instead of getting a plumber to come, she got her daughter's boyfriend to do yeah. the plumbing. You know, and it's like mm. he just shoots and he goes, "What do I do with this?" I don't fucking just throw it yeah, down exactly, window. exactly. <laughs> like throw it in a creek or something. Um, That's crazy to have a murder in that because that would have been like huge. It was gossip. massive. I remember the street. I remember um walking down. It was like in a cul-de-sac, uh, sort of maybe five minutes off the main street. And I remember walking down there because I um I had a dog that I used to walk all over town. That's the other thing. <laughs> Growing up in a small town. We just like disappear and then come back. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, no one had mobile phones or anything. And yeah. I don't know if it was the same growing up in a city, but I would just take my dog uh, with my Walkman and just like go out walking. Totally. And I remember walking down that street and like, I'm just like, I'm going to see some evidence. But this was like weeks later and it was just like a normal street. I'm like, I'm going to find something. That's gonna <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to okay. track this case wide open. You're going to try to track this cold case that was solved two weeks ago. <laughs> yeah, the, the, guy's, guy's the guy's in prison. I'm sure I can find <laughs> Maybe I'll find his secondary car. Yeah. <laughs> We're like 10 year old me just being like Harry at the spot. <laughs> I was literally about to say, yeah. "God, fuck! I love Harry the Spy." So oh, good, so good. good. And then the um, the other thing was um, we were in year six at uh, Roger Street Primary School. And did you know this? I drove past there um when I went back uh, recently, and you actually can't like 
this will sound way creepier than I intended. You can't just like go into a school. Like it was just a weekend, and I was like, oh, I wonder if the playground's still the same. And the whole thing is gated off. Like mm. you can't go in there. You used to, well, like used to be able to. yeah. When, oh, when oh yeah, I was at school. The fence was like three foot high, and mm. you just walk in there. And then at some point, they just mm. like not nah, big steel. Mm. Like you know, yeah, I used to just foot. walk my dog around there, like just on the weekends and mm. stuff. Mm. Like um, Alex, the tall guy, being like the fence was three foot high, so you just stepped over. It was actually just like a Batman gun. And I remember those, yeah, in year, there was a really, really particularly hot summer. Um, as, like every summer was hot in the um, in the country, and there was a there was just a week at school where every lunchtime someone lit a fire in the playground and because it was hot and dry, just like went real bonkers and like ended up being like, and the fire brigade was called. And then I remember I was in year six um, and everyone had to evacuate and go to like the um, the basketball court or whatever. And just everyone was just like, oh, there's another fire. And everyone's like, all right, yeah, just like wander <laughs> yeah, on down. We know the drill. And then I remember Wade, a guy in my year, apprehended the person who was like a year four student. Wow. Yeah. So he did his detective Wade, work. Was Wade yeah. older or younger? Wade was in year six. So oh, he, well, oh. it's still like an 11 year old boy. Yeah. Yeah. And apparently, like, put the guy in a headlock. <laughs> <laughs> no, citizens headlock. <laughs> yeah, no, gave him such a big wedgie. <laughs> this, is, this is citizens atomic wedgie. <laughs> it's like bad cop, good and, cop, bad cop. Like, yeah. he's giving a wedgie the other guy's like, oh, man, you know, tell us what but you like, know. But, like, just shit like that. Like, I swear to God, it wouldn't happen anywhere else. Like, oh, remember that some, Remember that week where there were fires every, every day? day. <laughs> there was an art. And everyone's like, yeah, yeah, no, it was weird, wasn't it? It was crazy. Um, and the other thing I thought of, I was talking to my, um, my family about it this weekend. And this is unrelated to anything. Thing, but it was so normal at the time is that my bro and his friend um uh made and i don't know how they got the idea or why they did it but they actually made a really big potato cannon yes oh. do you remember those oh, and they yeah, would yeah, and yeah. so every like whenever the friend came over they would go out into our street and our street was like in the middle of town but like exceptionally wide like you could probably have six cars side by side on mm-hmm. it and they would just go out into the street and just shoot off this potato cannon, and yep. the neighbours were like, "There's someone with a firearm on the street." Yeah, they're so loud, they're so it's, awesome. They're effectively a gun. Like it was it's a, oh, I didn't know this was like a. Did people do this in the city as well? Oh, I surely not. In, oh, I grew up in New York. Definitely so. in properties like where I live in Kenhurst, people had potato guns. We had and but like they, guns. they went to like I don't know Bunnings or whatever, built all yeah. the stuff mm. and like made it work. And I'm I like, didn't ever a, have one, but I know my, a kid who had my one. My dad used to build them for us all the time. Really? But where did we you grow up? Queen Bien. Oh yeah, like. Yeah, down near Canberra. Outside of Canberra, yeah. And, um, and we shot oranges out of them, yeah. not, not yeah, apples. Yes. But I remember once we'd, Dad had it. Like, he always just had one in the boot of his car and we will drive him somewhere. <laughs> and he just, like, pull, pulled over. <laughs> we saw it. <laughs> there was, like, an abandoned – you know when you're driving in the country and you'll just see, like, a dilapidated-looking old house? Mm. It's just, you know. Yep. So, yeah, he pulls over and just, like, all right, boys, get out. We jump out and just fucking fire oranges through the windows. And just, oh, like, my God. This house. And the resident in there is, like, trying to renovate <laughs> the house. And someone keeps throwing oranges <laughs> through the window. It's <laughs> just an episode of The Block yeah. happening yeah. there. <laughs> some, like, some Scott sick, Cam getting knocked Some off. sickly child in, like laying in bed with scurvy and his mum's <laughs> trying to look after him and oranges comes <laughs> in. <laughs> so like, God's real. Yeah. <laughs> real. <laughs> your dad's got like Rambo style orange <laughs> turning around. I just remember I would be like playing The Sims and hearing and then like, you know, on the desktop computer dial up 
thing yep. and then just hearing like really loud explosion sounds at the front and be like, oh yeah, they've got the pegs. <laughs> <laughs> so Having a normal one. Group yeah. of boys outside, I would be like, I want to go in and play The Sims. I was not a good person when I played The Sims. I killed a lot of people. <laughs> yeah, I deleted them in roller the ladder. I, <laughs> I, I did a lot of ladder deleting. Yeah, the Grim Reaper was I had like a one by one thing pool like and my strategy was I'd marry someone and because then you get some of their money, yeah, and then you'd put them in the pool, delete the ladder, and they'd just drown, and then I'd marry someone else. I don't know. Yeah, great. I don't know how the police didn't cotton on. <laughs> <laughs> we, did, we had ro- remember roller coaster tycoon where you could make theme parks. Yeah. We had a, we had what we called like a, a naughty corner island, which was just a big block of water and a fence. And if people were saying that the park was too expensive or the lines were too long, you could pick them up and drop them, and they just start <laughs> drowning. And we'd be like, "That's where you." I get feel like this is Big W mafia. <laughs> That's what you would do with criminals at Big W. You'd be like, there's this area in the back of the store. Yeah, we'd be like, come back by and lay by me. We've got a a shark tank back here. I wanted to mention one last thing about Musselbrook because uh, this is kind of like... It's it's world famous for this, I guess, that they're immortalised in a Steely Dan song. Really? Famous rock band from the 70s, Steely Dan. Released a song. US band. Yes. Released a song called Black Friday, uh, which was about like a failed... um, investment plot where people like were buying gold and like driving up the price of it and then the government found out about it and were like fuck this and then they lowered the price of gold and just made a ton of people broke mm-hmm. and so the steely dan song is about a person who is a like an unscrupulous investor who steals all the money and then goes to live in musselbrook in australia to with his fortune and they basically explained that it was the furthest place away from la that they could think of and it rhymed with book <laughs> <laughs> but when they could think of they wouldn't have mm. known they must well, have spun a globe that the guy is this says, about Nathan Tinkler? Is that literally? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It says, uh, the guy says, I think we had a map and we put our finger down at the place we thought would be furthest away from New York or where, wherever we were at the time and that was it. So the lyric are, when Black Friday comes, I'll fly down to Musselbrook and I think they might pronounce it Muswellbrook. This is going to strike all the big red words from my little black book. Going to do just what I please. Going to wear no socks and shoes with nothing to do but feed all the kangaroos. And that's classic. Wow. So Musclebrook is in a quite famous song. I didn't know that. I don't know how that never came up in my... We can close out the episode with that. Yeah, I was going to say. Yeah, Yeah. Yeah. and we'd definitely be on all the social media stuff, I guess. Mm. So we have two last questions, Sarah. The first is if someone says... Hey, I'm coming up to Musselbrook for one day, 24 mm-hmm. hours. I need something to do morning, mm-hmm. afternoon, and night. Mm-hmm. What do you tell them to do? Where do they go? Okay. Uh, with the, provi- with the uh, prefacing this with I haven't been there for ages, mm-hmm. I would say, um, okay, so I would go to, I would tell them to go to Hunter Bell Cheese, which is a great cheese factory. It's sold oh. everywhere, like all mm. over Australia. It is in Musselbrook, maybe like literally five minutes outside of town. I'd be like, go there, get a bunch of stuff, pack a picnic, go to Glenbourne Dam, which is about 20 minutes outside of Musselbrook. And it's an enormous, like huge dam with like all like, you know, um, uh, like picnic areas and all sorts mm. of nice stuff around. Whenever we had overseas guests, we'd go there because there's kangaroos everywhere and they were just blown away by it. And like Beautiful. really chill kangaroos as well. Yeah. Mm. Um, that would just, and wombats as well that would hang around. So that would probably be most of the day. And then surely like in the uh, afternoon, you'd go, you'd, um, 
probably have a wander around the main street, have a look at some of the parks and then evening, I don't know where you go to eat anymore, but I'd say like one of the like big pubs in the main street, get like a schnitt and like a mm. VB. Um, used to have some spectacular bar fights there. So you might actually see one yes. if you're, if you're, that's a real good feature. I yeah. did see, I think, I can't remember what the main pub was at Eaton. Eaton's, North, Eaton's, Eaton's uh, 20 metres away from the Blue Healer statue. Right, if I remember right in the main Right strip. there, yep. Yeah. That was yep. like, all the reviews were pretty good, but the biggest complaint was people being like, bloody, they don't miss you, $6.50 for a schooner. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Holy Jesus, mate, I'm moving. <laughs> Someone I know, I think it was there once, saw like a head like bashed against the bar. Oof. Like there was some, because all the um, miners, when they, as in people who are in mining, not, young children <laughs> would go there after work and just, yeah. you know, kick, kick each off. other's heads. In. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Yeah. You could go to eat and so you might see, get some local entertainment there. Hell yeah. Awesome. Mm. And the final uh, question. Oh, oh, did you want to say I was that just going to say at the very least, you can grab a wheelie bin, walk 15 minutes That's down Actually, the road. you know yeah. what? That is true. You should do that and then climb up on the, um, you could probably just reach up. Yeah. 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 Okay. Be careful, careful though. It's, it's not bolted down. down. It's not bolted very down. Very careful. Yeah. Yeah. Three stars. And the final question is, You've ascended to the highest heights in comedy. You've made your millions. When all is said and done, would you settle down in Musselbrook? Uh, I wouldn't. Um, I just because there's it's too far away from sort of you know where I'd want to be. Yeah. But I would. I think it would be so fun to if and when I'm doing big shows, to, like, do a big – like, film a special at the showground. Oh. Oh. I always thought something like that because there's obviously a massive showground there because it's, like, a country place and the Mossbrook show was every year and they have, like, all horse monsters and stuff there. I always thought it would be so sick to get a massive outdoor stage, pack a couple of thousand people in there, um, get, like, really crazy, like, sound and lights and cameras and stuff and just film a special yeah, there. that would be amazing. Oh, amazing. Like an outdoor sick. show. Yeah, it's yeah. yeah. a great answer. Um, do you have anything you want to plug, Sarah? You've got some shows coming up, I assume. I do. Actually, my favourite new song in my new show is called My Hometown. It's about Musselbrook. Oh, yeah. great. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, yeah, so I've got my – I have a trial show on Tuesday at the Potts Point Hotel at 6pm. Uh, my Melbourne Comedy Festival season – I don't know when this episode's actually coming It'll out. come out on, on Monday. Monday. Yeah. So oh, you can, you can listen to it and then go to the trial Literally, show on Tuesday. Yeah, go to the trial show on Tuesday. Um, I have my Melbourne Comedy Festival season, 10th to the 23rd of April, and Sydney Comedy festival season 27th to the 30th of april newcastle comedy festival june 11 awesome. and where can oh, people yeah. find you on social media if they want at to empire of gaul excellent or saragall.com great amazing i actually great got my name. own name as a domain which is like crazy because yeah, there's 13 of us 13 saragalls mm -hmm. Have you, do you know much about the others? The other ones. Yeah, no, only, one, only one can remain <laughs> you absorb their powers <laughs> <each day. laughs> Awesome stuff. Thank you so Thanks much, so Sarah, much. for coming on. Thanks for having me. This and has been so fun. As always, please rate us five stars on Apple Podcasts and or three Spotify. stars. Yeah, yeah. Three if, stars. It's not, if it's yeah. not bullshit. <laughs> it's just a comedy podcast. Who gives a shit? What's the big fucking deal? What else? We're on all social media. Please hit us up. We love hearing about your anecdotes and information, especially the recent suggestion that we get into looking at Airbnb reviews. Yeah, I that was that a great could one. be a fertile ground. That made me laugh. Uh, uh, we have shirts for sale that you can find in our Instagram bio. Thank you for someone posting a picture of them looking very sharp in it the other day. Ooh. It looked great on you, Patrick. Uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, but it. apart that's from it. that, that's it. Thank Thanks, you so much, everyone. Sarah. See you next week, everybody. Bye. Bye. Bye.